Welcome to Self Love Tarot, a podcast about enriching our lives through practical spirituality, self love, and of course, the tarot. I'm your host, Gretchen Evangelista. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Self Love Tarot. Thanks for tuning into this episode today. Let's get started. So, today we are going to talk about the devil. And this seems to be such a controversial card in itself, just based on how scary it looks and how daunting it looks. And in the Christian Catholic world, a world that I was born and raised of, the devil is this evil, scary thing. At least that's what my perspective was when I was growing up and I I went to Catholic school for eight years. Um, So I feel like I grew up with this sense of, you know, the devil is scary. The devil is evil. Something that can possess you and make you do awful things. Like if you've ever seen The Exorcist, that stuff's pretty scary. (laughs) And it's like basically this belief in evil itself. Like there is an existence of evil that we all have the potential to be evil or be possessed by evil or whatever. And, you know, this podcast is not about that side of things, but I do understand that that conversation is sometimes relevant with the tarot, especially if you come from more conservative backgrounds like I have, right? Where it's considered evil to work with tarot or do divination and all this other stuff. So I just want to put that out there that we're not going to have that type of conversation today, but it's a good thing to really think about. And I think if you're like me and you came from that background, I think this will be a very refreshing take on what the devil card can mean to us. And basically, I want this conversation to be about breaking down the concept of the devil, and replacing it with something much more compassionate, something much more genuine and kind, something that doesn't demonize ourselves or shames us for something that we may be feeling or something that we have done. And then I'd like to put that in the context of us as spiritual beings having this human experience and to hopefully convince you to stop beating up on yourself about having an ego. And then I want to talk about pleasure and desiring things and how we can let ourselves off the hook when it comes to those things that there's such a negative, shameful charge around, like you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, when you do receive the devil card, I hope we can all start to shift to a new perspective of honoring our imperfections and becoming more aware of the judgment that we have bound to ourselves and becoming aware of how much we judge ourselves for something that is completely natural for us as humans. And the devil card is simply the biggest invitation for us to cultivate more compassion and understanding of ourselves and about embracing our experiences in the exact way that it is presented to us. 
This is about unraveling the shame and the judgment we place upon ourselves. And, you know, this is a podcast called Self-Love Tarot. And in the context of self-love, as scary as this might be, this card is simply reflecting what judgments you have within yourself, within your own mind. I don't believe this is reflecting on an idea that there is like an external evil presence or something bad is going to happen to you or that you're inherently bad or inherently evil. I want this to be about the journey into the self because I think everything that we experience in the world is really just us experiencing different aspects of ourselves. That's what makes the tarot so amazing because it's kind of just like every card is a mirror for us. In this podcast, in this episode today, we will be talking about this card in the context of letting ourselves off the hook and doing it with compassion and understanding and to realize it's okay to have the impulses. It's okay to have those moments when you would rather sit on the couch and do nothing than go out and take care of your grandma or pick up your kids. It's okay to have the impulses to be selfish. And maybe selfish is not even the right word to use. Maybe that's a little too judgmental. But regardless, it's okay to have the tendencies towards pleasure and instant gratification. Again, The devil shows up not when we need to be punished or judged for something that we've done wrong, but it's simply reflecting within us what needs to be looked upon with more compassion. And I know that's probably like the third time I've said it in like the first five, six minutes of this podcast, but I just really want to convey that idea that As scary as this card might seem, there is so much love being offered through it if we are willing to see it. This really is a great message for anyone who feels they need to be perfect all the time too, right? Like some of us are pretty advanced in our understanding of these spiritual concepts or we've been working with personal development for a very long time. And we can get so deep into that stuff. Like we can be constantly reading books and learning and listening to podcasts and getting so deep into it that we gradually get to a place where we expect ourselves to be good and aligned all the time and always loving and compassionate of ourselves and other people. And I get caught up in that myself sometimes. I will admit, like I, I've i been in situations where I'm like, hey, I've been meditating every single day now and I should never ever lose my temper with others. Or like I read tarot all the time. I have a tarot podcast. I should know what every single card means in every single scenario. Recently, I've been in a situation that kind of turned my whole world upside down. The certainty that I built my life on, the certainty that I thought I had suddenly collapsed in regards to this one area of my life. And with that came a flood of really intense, really uncomfortable emotions. And for a couple of days, I felt like I was just spinning and being swung back and forth, dragged around by these emotions. And I was trying so hard to get myself out of it. I was doing tarot work around it. I was meditating. I was talking to my friends, but nothing was resolving it. And then 
I recently felt called to re-listen to one of my earlier podcasts, the podcast I did on the Queen of Cups, which is episode three. And I was like, oh, (laughs) this is exactly what I need. And a part of me felt like saying to myself, oh my God, Gretchen, you did an entire podcast episode on being able to sit with your uncomfortable emotions and you can't even get through this experience. You are a hypocrite. (laughs) And the second that inner critic just kind of surfaced, that is when my awareness came in and I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening. I see what's going on. And here's the thing that I will say about this. We can meditate every day for years. We can set our intentions every day to love ourselves. We can read all the books and have a coach and do tarot readings and be very, very well-versed in these concepts. We can do all of it and still find ourselves in situations where we are deep in the bottom of a hole. And we're like, wait, what? (laughs) How could this have happened? Because at the end of the day, we are still here as humans. We still make mistakes. We still have regrets. We still have failures. And yet we tend to carry on this expectation that says, okay, I'm all healed now. I'm a tarot reader or I'm a, I'm a life coach. I'm a spiritual coach. I'm all better. I shouldn't ever have a problem with this again because I've done my work. I'm healed. I'm a master at this now. But at the end of the day, we still find ourselves falling into the traps, the holes, the things we unconsciously fall into. And that, my friends, that's life. And that is what we signed up for. That is absolutely the beauty of life. No one is exempt from having those types of moments, no matter how intellectually or experientially versed you are with this stuff you will come across those situations where there are urges and temptations and just moments of like, oh my God, like I want to pull out my hair. This is awful. And that is why the devil is so important in this work with self-love and in loving ourselves. Because when the devil arises, it's asking us to bring awareness to the judgments we have of our own egos and our own human tendencies and impulses towards the easy hits of pleasure and the instant gratification and the escapes. One of the things that I've noticed in the devil imagery of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and I honestly don't know if this has been talked about in the traditional meanings or if it's been pointed out, it might be, but it's something that stood out to me because of my Catholic upbringing. It's that The devil has his right hand up and has an X or like this marking on his palm, which reminds me a lot of Jesus's wounds from being nailed onto the cross. And whether or not you resonate with Jesus as a person or a concept, or if you're completely turned off by Jesus, which is your call, but I just want to point out the similarity here. It's like you have the Christ and then you have the Antichrist, Jesus versus the devil. Jesus is this perfect person. He's born without original sin, blah, 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 all that Catholic stuff. (laughs) And I'm sorry, you're going to have to excuse my Catholic cynicism here, but that's sorry. That just comes with the package. But the devil, in that sense, it's like this 
horrible creature, the antithesis of Jesus, who brings temptation and evil. But yet they share the same wound and they both bring the same message, the same lesson of integrating both sides of being a spiritual, pure being, and then also being this raw, emotional, impulsive human. And, you know, I think when we see Jesus as this perfect being, this perfect master that has just ascended all of us, I honestly don't think it's a very helpful concept. And I think we can actually learn a lot more from this devil energy. And that kind of sounds a little weird and cultish. I'm really, (laughs) I'm really not trying to go there, but just stick with me here. I think what the devil energy, the lesson that's being presented in this particular tarot card, what it's teaching us is how to integrate ourselves, how to be a human on this earth and also be a beacon of love for the world. It's like we can focus on the purity and the amazingness of being in the light all the time, but I think it is equally as important to take a look at our dark sides, to take a look at all the things that scares us about ourselves the most, to take a look at everything we deem as wrong and unacceptable within ourselves and make peace with being an imperfect person, make peace with having desires that we feel like we shouldn't have, make peace with having impulses we shouldn't have. And I think that is the message that the devil brings us, you know, holding space for our own human tendencies and being so compassionate and patient with ourselves when we're going through that. It's a hard hitting reminder of how much we are judging ourselves and making ourselves wrong for whatever experience we might be having. And with that awareness, we can learn to let ourselves off the hook when we have those moments of being unconscious. And we can learn to forgive ourselves when we realize that we've fallen into the same trap yet again. It's about being kind and gentle with ourselves when it seems like It's the 500th time we let ourselves walk into the same trap over and over and over again. And we go through the same process of picking ourselves back up, having this intent and determination to never go down that road again, and then waking up and finding ourselves down that same road. It's about stepping back from being inside of that cycle Stepping back and seeing the cycle as a whole and saying to ourselves with compassion, I can learn to love myself even when I fall into that cycle over and over and over again. I can love the part of me that does that. I can love the part of myself that seems to not want to learn. And for many people, the devil can symbolize addiction. However, what I want to bring up is that even the concept of being attached to something or having an addiction brings to it some self-judgment. Many people look at this card and they see it as like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm a shopping addict. I, I just need to stop. I need to change right now. This is wrong. This card is saying I'm bad and that this addiction is bad and that I just need to stop. But most likely, we can't. We can't just stop. If we could easily stop, we would have stopped long ago. 
And so there is no use in believing we need to just stop and we just need to be strong enough to just go cold turkey and to never engage in whatever activity it is. Because that approach, although it means well, it's a very harsh approach. It's not gentle. It's like the equivalent of forcing a baby to stop crying or forcing the child to always be peaceful when they aren't ready to do that just yet. And so in having the expectation of us to just stop can end up biting us because then we get caught up in the cycle of beating up on ourselves and hating ourselves when we inevitably fall into that same trap when the next opportunity arises. And the judgment we have of ourselves can start to compound and further the intensity of the addiction itself. And I will share with you this real life example. Living with a binge eating disorder for years has truly been a gift in regards to understanding this card. It really has. One of the reasons why that binge eating disorder stuck around for so long, I think, is because I hated myself so much for it. And that self-hatred around food itself and how much I just wanted to eat and hide from the world made me feel so ashamed. I even went as far as to go to OA, um, Overeaters Anonymous, which, you know, if it's for you, then fantastic. But for me, it was awful because I was just in a place of misery and I felt like everyone was miserable and they had this abstinence rule of like, for example, never eating anything with sugar again. And I continually failed at the whole abstinence thing, (laughs) which made me go into more self-hatred of myself. And I remember feeling like I was such a piece of crap for continuing to fall into the same trap, the same behavior over and over and over again. Those years taught me so much about being human and about making peace with our human desires. And I think all the other people out there who have more hardcore addictions like drugs or to alcohol, and I think it's really easy to judge them and be frustrated with them. And it's not wrong to feel that way at all, especially if you have someone in your family who's been struggling with it and it seems like they're constantly teetering between recovery and relapse. Of course, it's very frustrating for the person who is inside of it, who's experiencing it. But a good question to ask yourself in a situation like that is, why is life bringing this up for me? What is life trying to lead me to? And in asking yourself that and asking it from a genuine place of curiosity, I believe can be really healing. And I would say to not ask yourself that when you're really hating on yourself, because then the self-hatred will definitely be reflected in the answer that you provide to that question. So step away for a second when it's really intense and just take a deep breath. And once that space starts to open up again and you're willing to see the situation in a new light, genuinely ask yourself that. Why is this judgment here? What am I meant to learn as I keep running into this in my life? And in regards to another person with an addiction, you can ask yourself, what am I being called to love in this person? What part of them is calling to be loved? The part that is reflecting parts of me. And I don't know if I phrased that correctly, but let me explain that a little bit more. 
When we find ourselves judging other people, especially for attachments and addictions like that, we are always judging parts of ourselves. That's projecting. And it happens all of the time to project what you believe are unlikable traits about yourself onto other people and then actively judge them. And in a way, it's kind of like the subtle way of the ego hiding its own wounds. It says, oh, that's their problem. That's not my problem. And what having a binge eating disorder has taught me is how to have compassion for people who are so heavily shamed and judged in society. For me, I remember saying to myself, I'm such a pig. I'm so awful. I'm such a disgrace. I'm so ashamed of myself and what I'm doing. And honestly, when I went to OA, I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it so much is because there were so many people there who had much more severe examples of food addiction to the point where they would gain like 100 pounds in a year or something. And I would be sitting there listening to their stories of struggling and binging, and I would be judging them, like hardcore judging them. And then I eventually left because I was like, these people are crazy. I'm not that terrible. But as I left in judgment of them, I simply just kept the judgment I had of myself. Like I dragged that along with me. Nothing was being resolved in judging others for something I was going through too, regardless of the severity. And I share that with complete compassion and understanding of myself. And, you know, embodying, in embodying the devil card, I know it sounds wrong to be someone who went to OA meetings, a place where it's supposed to be a safe space from judgment, It sounds wrong to be the person who was judging the people who were sharing their experiences. And I'm not afraid to say it because I believe our judgments of other people are always opportunities to heal something within ourselves, always. And, you know, in noticing how much I was judging other people, that just brought more awareness to myself and what I was doing, not only to them, but what I was doing to myself, There is never a wrong pathway if you find yourself in a situation of judging others when you know you shouldn't. It's never wrong because in the midst of judgment or even after the judgment, you always have the opportunity to bring more light and plant more seeds of love in the dark places that we have within ourselves. And the act of judging other people in their bodies That is what catapulted me into my own journey to love myself and accept myself in the midst of these strong impulses for instant gratification or the pleasure of food. In the midst of me standing in front of the mirror, judging my own body, oftentimes I was a lot more worse and harsh to myself than I was of other people. Another example of this that is kind of a little bit more pop culture is when I saw a star is born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And whether or not you liked the movie or hated the movie, or maybe you haven't even watched it, I'm just going to use it as an example here because it was such a vibrant example for me at the time. The lesson in that movie that I got was about loving a person with an addiction in that we can see the goodness in someone 
underneath the label of addiction, that this person is not the addiction. And having an addiction does not make this person wrong. It does not make this person a bad person. Because if you watch the movie, there are times where Bradley Cooper, and I'm just going to say Bradley Cooper because I honestly don't remember what his name was in the movie, but there are times where Bradley Cooper is completely genuine and honest and sweet. And then there are other times where he's lashing out and making a scene and being really mean. And like, there are people in that movie who just write him off as an addict and judge him. And they're just like the type of people who are just like, you just need to stop. Just stop. Why can't you just stop? And then there are other people in the movie, like Lady Gaga, and I think most of the viewers watching the movie kind of took this perspective of we were able to see him with compassion and see him as this lovable and amazing, talented person who was simply struggling with his own humanity, who was struggling with the impulses, the need to numb out his feelings, the wanting to escape the pain that we all feel as humans into pleasure and drunkenness. And the fact that he was struggling with an addiction didn't make him any less lovable or amazing. He was just someone who was going through this lesson in a very magnified, intense way. But we all go through it. We all go through this lesson every damn day. And it's probably more subtle sometimes. And oftentimes it can be quite intense. But we all go through it. And it's important to realize this because it can start to unravel our judgment of that experience. And the next time we're with someone who is clearly in the middle of dealing with maybe an addiction or an attachment or a pull of desire and seems to just be in this constant hamster wheel of never learning, our first thought doesn't have to be, this person needs to stop. This person needs to stop. Why can't they just see that they're just hurting themselves, right? Like instead of having that thought and identifying with that thought, we can shift those thoughts. And in shifting those thoughts into something more compassionate and understanding, then we shift the thoughts we have of ourselves when we are in similar scenarios. Like if we want to stop gossiping and then we find ourselves indulging in the drama yet again, our immediate reaction isn't this harshness of, oh, I just need to stop. This is horrible. Instead, it can be met with, okay, I see that I'm going down the same road again and it's okay. I am willing to forgive myself. I am willing to see my own innocence in all of this. I am willing to love myself through this. Clearly, there is something within me that is calling for my own loving attention. The more we resolve our own tendencies towards self-judgment, the more open we are in loving other people. And the more we resolve the judgment around other people, the more open we are in loving ourselves exactly as we are right now. And here's another distinction I'd like to make around the tendency to judge ourselves in situations like these. The presence of the urge, the temptation, the desire, that is not us. That is not who we are. The desire is not who we are. The urge is not who we are. 
And in fact, the presence of that raging desire of being like, oh my God, I just want to eat my body weight and cake right now. Or, oh my God, I just want this person. Or I really just need a drink. The presence of that doesn't have to mean anything. We don't have to make this desire towards that quick dose of pleasure mean anything. We don't have to make the pull towards instant gratification mean anything to us. We don't have to make the urge mean anything for us. It's like if our dogs keep trying to break into the pantry where we keep the dog treats, we don't make that mean anything has gone wrong. It's like we carry on this attitude of, of course the dog wants to do that. It's a dog. It wants the treats. That's normal. And it doesn't mean I'm going to open the door for my dog and be like, have at it, have all the treats you want. When we realize that we are not our urges, we can start to unravel its intensity and its grip upon us. This isn't about white knuckling. This isn't about using willpower or force. This is about using the gentleness of our awareness to slowly unwind ourselves and open ourselves up to seeing things in a brand new way. And as scary and intimidating as the devil card can be when it first shows up for us, I believe the devil card has the potential to transform into a very, very sweet card, a card that becomes a huge call for even more love. How that can occur is to acknowledge how involved the inner child is with this work we have with the devil card. And it seems like two completely opposite concepts, right? The devil and then our inner child. However, in including the inner child in this work, we invite and embrace the innate innocence that we all have and we always are. If we find ourselves constantly in the cycle of addiction or not even having a hardcore addiction, but some attachment to something, or maybe we have some addictive qualities, like for example, it doesn't have to be about having a binge eating disorder or being addicted to alcohol or spending money. It can be simply about maybe having a deep attachment to an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend. It can be this attachment to maybe like controlling other people or snapping at others or having angry outbursts. It could be having an attachment to always wanting things to be our way. Whatever it is, we can use the intensity of that situation as an opening for a dialogue with the inner child that lives within all of us and liberating that inner child to want what it wants. Letting the inner child want what it wants and saying to him or her, I love you. That's so sweet. You are so sweet. You're so amazing. I know you just want to feel good and I know you just want to feel better. Thank you for your efforts. Thank you for your intentions. Thank you for showing me what you want. And when you do that, it's like this emotional release Like you're letting the child outside to play in the field, play in the grass and letting the child venture out and collect seashells on the beach and just let the child do what it wants to do and love what it wants to love. And so that I want to make the biggest distinction here in letting your inner child want what it wants 
It doesn't necessarily mean you carry out on the action. It does not mean saying to yourself, oh, the heart just wants what it wants, so I'm going to go out and cheat on my spouse because, you know, I want this other person. It's not a permission slip to act. It's a permission slip to love what has arisen within you. To acknowledge the part of yourself that wants to do this thing. To acknowledge the part of yourself that just wants to eat an entire cake to feel better at the end of the day. To acknowledge the part of yourself that wants to spend more money and to feel that dose of dopamine when you buy something. To acknowledge the part of yourself that wants to call up that ex-partner again, even though you know it's not a good idea. We are being called to acknowledge that part and be willing to love it as it is. And we can speak directly to the part of us that has that impulse to shut down and want to eat everything in the house because we've had a bad day. We can say to her, hey, I see you and I hear you and I'm here for you. I know you just want to feel better. Thank you for showing up and I just want you to know that I love you and you are innocent in all of this. And that is really the key to loving all parts of yourself. It's to acknowledge the inherent innocence of all of it, no matter how malicious or horrible you might think it is, because that part of you means well. It wants what it wants because all it wants to feel is love. It wants to feel better. That's all. Although I said it's not a permission slip to act, I also want to make the distinction that part of the energy of this card is that if you do act, if you do go unconscious and you do carry out on the action, still be willing to love and forgive yourself for acting upon the impulse, to love the part of you that you believe is broken, and to see that there is nothing you can say Nothing you can think, nothing you can do that will separate you from your own innocence and your own lovability. So let's say you do this work. You do the dialogue with the inner child. You open up yourself to loving all the parts of yourself that you've endlessly judged and shamed for years. And then you finally settle into this sense of peace. And then tomorrow... You find yourself with the same exact intense pull towards that same thing. And you find yourself still wanting to do it so badly. And when that happens, your mind will want to immediately say, it's not working. I'm still feeling compelled to engage in this thing. I'm still feeling the grip of the impulse and the desire. It's not working. Nothing's working. And in that moment... Decide to see that moment as hearing the phone ring and you look at the caller ID and you see your inner child is calling you, wanting to talk to you, calling for your attention. And when you pick it up, you can decide how you want to speak to her. You can say, hey, thank you for calling. Thank you for reaching out. You reaching out to me is reminding me of how amazing you are. And it's okay that we're here again. It's okay that we're face-to-face with this situation again because all it is is another opportunity to open myself up to even more love than ever before, to widen my capacity to love 
and be loved. So thank you. And so when we widen our capacity to love and be loved, life becomes beautiful again. It becomes this sweet, soulful dance. And we find ourselves connecting with new people and new situations, new lessons, new opportunities. And we are able to see the beautiful soul that exists within everything. The sacredness of every single thing, every single experience that shows up in our present day lives. And with that, we realize there is no evil. There is no such thing as evil. You stop believing it. And we're able to stop believing that evil exists because we're able to connect with the inherent innocence of all. And to live like that is to live a life where you feel safe, you feel connected, and you feel cared for. And you will live with the realization that nothing can ever separate you from your own sweet lovability. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on The Devil. My name is Gretchen Evangelista. You can follow me on Instagram at selflovetarot. And if you feel called to, it would be amazing if you could leave me a review on iTunes. I really appreciate all the support I've been getting so far and all of the the reviews and all the kind words that you guys have been sending my way. So I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye.